Okay, so yeah. we asked we asked Christy, Christy, we asked Lisa and um, John if they would participate in a little Q and A of just like their experience over the course of the last six weeks um, of um, the Shepherd's Crook. We we know we know <laughs> that it's it's caused all of us to be a little wiggly, right? We haven't exactly been dead. We've been wiggly sacrifices <laughs> trying to. <laughs> trying to wrap our minds around what it is that God is doing. And we are well aware that it has felt like a significant shift. And, um, and we've just been, we've been along for the ride with you, right? It's just been a gigantic slip and slide. And so we, we did throw together some questions just to kind of keep us, keep us in, in the same direction. So do you want to go ahead with, yeah, these two are like, they couldn't be any different. They're like night and day. Lisa, is is very orderly and she's like yesterday morning and I know she held out like probably 48 hours before asking <laughs> um excuse me <laughs> will there be questions <laughs> and John's like don't show me the questions <laughs> go ahead so the first one how has God shaped discipline in your life over the last six weeks Or make me go first. See, that's the downfall of semi pondering ahead of time because then I have to go first. Oh, see, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, so, how is it shaped discipline? Okay. Uh, I mean, it's shifted it completely. I mean, everything. I feel like everything that I thought I knew, I don't know. And yeah. So let me get more specific. What I would say, um, hmm. I think if you have an incorrect viewpoint of God or God's voice, that discipline is going to look like punishment. Um, and so I, I think for me, that was kind of a starting point is realizing that I had roots of shame and things that I wasn't, if I wasn't actually hearing God's voice correctly because his voice is not condemning or harsh. It might be direct and it might be corrective, but it's not condemning. And so if I think for me, that was coming to the, the first part is realizing, wow, I'm not actually hearing his voice correctly. So I need to get rid of some of these roots. Um, so then the it's. If you think discipline is like, oh, it's not. It's hard. Discipline is hard. It's not like this. This has been a very hard, hard time. Um, but I wouldn't trade it because I know that all that other stuff is, it just leads to death. Like that's the, the point behind discipline. God's heart for discipline is to bring us into freedom. And not just for our own sake, but for the sake of others. So I think the way it just, it's just completely shifted. I don't really have anything else. <laughs> Okay, so <clears throat> y'all probably all know this about me. I'm a super, super, super grace guy. You're what? Super grace guy. Love grace. And uh, you can take you can take grace and I think abuse it. I do need to eat it. You can take grace and abuse it by doing things like you know, messing up and be like, it's fine, God forgive me, and then continue over and over. And the discipline is to let that grace settle in you 
and then quit doing it over and over again, you know, and not abuse the grace, you know, and God's got way more enough grace than you know, we can possibly handle. But I think with me, what I, he's been doing is saying, look, yeah, I forgive you, but, you know, stop, you know, now take this path. Don't continue down this path. And so, you know, I've just, it's, and it, it might sound offensive to some when I say, you know, abusing grace, but it's, it's not, I'm not, I'm not trying to offend. I'm trying to tell you his grace is sufficient, but he also paddles sometimes in a good way. So. That's good. So good. Okay. So I love this question. I love this question the most. Yeah. <laughs> What's been most offensive? <laughs> Anybody in the room been offended over the last six weeks? <laughs> we have to. Okay, sometimes it's difficult when you're the face of the thing and, mm-hmm. and it kind of just like lands on you because, you know, everything rises and falls on leadership. But like right along with your friends, like yeah. it's been offensive mm-hmm. to feel like, I, and I love that you said that I felt like I don't know anything because I've been there. I've been in that same place. I just want myself over Paul when he says, I've come to you knowing nothing. Right. <laughs> so what has been most offensive? Okay. Um, I think I shared this with Angie. What's, what has offended me the most is actually seeing the people squirm and as having a pastor's heart wanting to go and go, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay but not letting them be dealt with. Does that make sense? I mean, it, it hurts my heart to see people hurt. I, God has given me this gift where if I'm offended, I get over it really quick. And sometimes very much annoyingly so do I get over it really quickly because I have all these things that I planned on saying, but then when it come time to do it, it's just like, it's not really all that great. And so I don't get offended that easy. But when I see other people hurt and offended, it actually hurts my heart for them. And I have to like make myself not know it's okay. Because it is okay. They're just having some stuff done. And so. I think for me, uh, the biggest thing that's been offensive, um, mainly to my mind, I think, um, has been the shift from the way... um, God has wanted to be like a lamb, uh, but now he's coming like a lion. And I feel like that for me has been like the biggest, like, like I, like at first it's like, I didn't even, at first I, I mean, I mean, let's be real, I legitimately rejected it as God. I was like, that's not God. God doesn't do that. <laughs> like I, I literally, re- God was coming in and I literally call, I rejected him. And so I think that is the most offensive thing is, is, He's not, he's wanting to come in and, and destroy things and get rid of things and bring freedom. And, he, and, and like, it's not all ooey gooey. It's not like that right now. I mean, he is that way. He is the lamb, but that's not the way he's coming right now because he's already done that. He was the lamb on the cross. He already went and sacrificed all that. And so now he's wanting us to stand up as the lions. So I think that's definitely been the most offensive way is the way that he's wanting to come in like a raging fire, not, you know, 
this, yeah, blanket, soft, whatever, squishy Jesus. I, for me, it was um, because I was the same thing. Like, oh, I don't know this side of God. <laughs> and um, and he just simply said, Angie, I am not still the silent lamb going to the slaughter. And that was right. <laughs> You're right. You aren't. Like, we are the ones that, that uh, because of our actions, require a savior daily, right? And And he's not. He did it once and for all. And so he's not still that silent lamb that, that is going without a sound. He has a sound and he has a lot of eyes, you know? <laughs> so even his blinking is loud. Anything else to say on that? Okay. We're, we're going to be nice then. All right. I feel like you guys have more to say about offense there. Uh, if, if you do and you come back around to it, let us know. All right. How are you dealing in relationships when everything is changing around you? And we feel like this is another important and good question to cover because you know, we, we talk about oneness and, and the oneness we share. And so we want to hear from you about how you're dealing in relationships when everything is changing around you. So I've been, we, me and my wife, have been tested quite a bit lately with with relationships, with uh, family, and um, she handles it way better than I do. Sometimes I handle it good, sometimes I don't. A lot of times I don't. Um, but I keep hearing him say, you know, trust me. And so that is the biggest thing is to try to step out of it, out of my own way and just trust him to do what he says, you know, and it's not necessarily a discipline thing. It's, uh, or maybe it is it's like a discipline grace. Like you got this, you can handle this. Cause I can, I whine to her a lot and, She's usually really good about just putting me back on a level playing field. Um, but uh, it, it's been hard. It's been a hard, what, three months or longer than that? Longer than that. But, I mean, he's he's getting us through it. We've seen a lot of good change. Um, still a lot needs to happen, but um, we've seen a lot of good stuff, so. Um, for me, I feel like I'm seeing things on different levels. So at first I'm taking a look at myself. I've been taking a look at myself and my relationships and, and looking at the areas that, you know, like, Hmm, well, that's kind of just realizing that I need growth or, or lots of ways if, you know, um, dealing with shame, like I've been hidden, which means in a lot of ways, if you're hidden, then people don't really know, even know who you are. So it's hard to, so I feel like that's the biggest thing is the first shift was taking a hard look at myself and, and just the areas that I need growth, healing, freedom, and, and looking at the ways that, um, my stuckness has affected my relationships. 
Um, so that's the first way. Um, and then in a completely different way, realizing the oneness and realizing that like my life, my choices aren't just affecting me for good or bad. Like, and, and because of what, like believing who we are, that we are heirs, that we are seated on the throne, that we, like all that comes with that, like that's really powerful. And we have the, we have the ability to affect change across the nations. We are called to lift Jesus up and, and bring him glory. So, and we have that, like, God's not, not a liar. So if he says that's what we can do because he says it, then we can go do that. But if I'm sitting away hiding, then none of that's going to happen. I'm not going to be affecting. I'm not going to be making change. And so that's really realizing, and even just how I'm relating to people, like how I'm dealing with customers at work, employees, other partners at work, um, just realizing, like, what I say matters, what I do matters. And and so I've just felt like a greater responsibility and not saying like, oh, it's all on me. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about being conscious of reflecting Jesus. So I would say that's the biggest way is, is my personal responsibility and um, like we're powerful in actually realizing that. Like, yeah, we are. Whether we want to be or not, we are. So... What what are you going to be using your power for? So, in light of your answers to that question, how has that affected your trust with God? It's deepened my trust personally because I don't have a choice. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a choice. Like either you're going in further and deeper with the Lord, which requires a greater greater level of trust, or you know, it's just all going to fall apart. Um, it has, I don't know how to explain it, but it has made me look at him in a new light when, you know, you ask for something and he doesn't do it, you know, of course you always just don't like it. Or is it because I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, and what you're doing now is not the thoughts or the plans I had for you. Trust me in this, I got this. Okay, then it gets better. <laughs> All right, how are you dealing with everything changing in you? So we, we just asked about dealing with relationships when everything is changing around you. How are you dealing with everything changing in you? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> Not well. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like... I feel I'm like all over the place. I'm an emotional wreck. I feel overwhelmed. I mean, I just feel like everything's shaky. What I thought I knew, I don't know. Yeah. So that's <laughs> not well. But at the same time, like I know, I can't, I feel like I'm, I'm dealing with it well, but as far as what it looks like or what it could look like, it looks like chaos and it looks like, confusion because it's like wait that's not right or that's not what I knew so I have to make a choice okay am I going to allow myself to go into this unsteady shaky place to ask more questions or am I going to stay here and be offended or whatever but I'm not going to be able to get 
to that other place if I'm not allowing myself to go into that shaky, unsteady place and ask more questions of the Lord. And um, because I think for me, the the pull um, is with that, like, yeah, I can go back, like the, the first teaching that you did where you're saying like um, shame, fear, all those things can actually be a comfort for us. Like we can use those as a comfort blanket. And so that's the thing is look is being like, okay, well, I can shrink back into victim mentality, um, offense, uh, complaining, um, comparison. I can shrink back into this. And yeah, that's really comfortable. It's familiar, but that's not gonna, that's not gonna get me to freedom. So Yes, that is, it's been very unshaky, but I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade a minute of it. I would not trade a minute of all of the questioning, the thousands of tears I've cried, probably millions at this point. I wouldn't trade any of it because he collects them all, he gathers them, and he's doing a good work in me. And I know he is. I know he's doing a good work in me. It might not feel like it all the time or even look like it from the outside, but like, I know that he is. So... I'm handling it (laughs) (laughs) or being handled and it might not look pretty, but still. Um, I'd have to say squirmy, you know, feeling squirmy a lot. You know, I go, I go through these phases of, you know, talking about the grace and then you read stuff that God did to people in the old Testament. You're like, what? (laughs) glad you're not doing that now but he is still a god the same yesterday's day and forever and and so when i read those things i think i brought it up to angie we read a couple things we're like why and it's like i don't know and these are questions when you get to heaven you might want to ask god or you just really won't care anymore you know when you're before him (laughs) but uh Realizing how all-powerful he is and how he's everywhere and in all things. I mean, make you, should make you squirm a little bit knowing that, you know, he's there with you in everything. In everything. And so, um, I guess my goal for that is I want to make him proud. And so, you know, whatever that's going to take, I need to do. I'm going to add to this just because I feel like it's really important to be transparent. Um, this has been, this has been difficult for me because God has asked me to do things that are certainly uncomfortable, like very uncomfortable for me to enter into. And, and it's only, it's taken a couple times of being like, am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? You know, it's like that, the double Dutch thing where you're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and, and feeling like, you know, you've got to time it right or whatever. And God's just like, could you just do what I say to do kind of thing. And, um, and for me, it came down to him explaining, like, it's better to obey than to sacrifice and asking, are you actually understanding what it is that you're going to sacrifice by saying no to what it is that I'm inviting you into right now? And that hurt. I mean, it was like, oh, this isn't all about me, right? This isn't all about my reputation. And what does this look like if I actually do this? It's, it's like, what's on the line if I don't enter in the way that he's showing me myself doing the thing? And so it's been extraordinarily uncomfortable 
to be me in this this time of of God revealing himself in a completely different way because it puts a demand on us. He's refining something in us and and expecting that that we demonstrate it the the way that he wants it demonstrated. So it's been it's been hard. It's been a hard it's been hard but it's been good. I agree. Yeah. It it definitely has been a hard time. Like we've gone through um, going through all the different weeks of um, convicted, consecrated, unpunishable, nourished, conquered, uh, and comforted, and all thinking about okay, these are all things that point to God's discipline and and how we should be comforted by it because He loves us, and and, and He He wouldn't do these things if He didn't love us, and so a great lead into the last question because we want to talk about transformation here too. Out of the backside of that, you know, what actions are you taking right now already or, or what are you planning to do uh, as a result of the discipline that, that God's bringing you? What demand is God putting on your life? Yes. Well, what, what Angie was talking about um, you know, missing out. You want to say no to what he's doing just because you don't like the direction or you don't feel good about it or whatever. And to me, it's just accepting who I am or who I'm made to be, if that makes sense. And wanting that so that I I don't get put on the back burner because I wasn't there for it because I didn't say no or I didn't say yes, whatever the, you know, whatever it is. And so uh, I want to be less for me, so I'm going to start listening more. How's that? <laughs> um, for me, it's, I mean, there's definitely fear of man. I, can, I mean, rap, it's been a, I don't know, tether, whatever you want to call it for me. So in lots of ways, um, it's just being obedient. Like, I feel like he's asking me to do, I mean, even this is a very safe place with people I know, but I feel like even times and things of worship that he's asked to do, it was still hard for me to do. It was still hard for me to make an agreement um, to, to do because it's outside of my comfort zone or I don't just all those things that come with the fear of man. And so that's one of the things is just doing things that make me, that are uncomfortable, that make me uncomfortable and just that he's asking me to do. Um, and then another thing is, is stepping into who, like agreeing with God, with who we are and, and then seeing the ways that he's inviting me into stepping into that. So it's like, um, I am con- constantly like confounded when this happened and confused, but people, I can just be having a regular old conversation with people and people will spill to me or they are um, just, just sharing, just, just coming to me. And, and so I've realized like, okay, there's something on that. Like th- this, and, and I've had a recent prophetic word about that. It's going to be in, even in conversations, like there's going to be like, 
casual conversations. That's part of the way that I dispense as glory is in conversations with people. So it's realizing that, like, oh, wow, like I just had lunch with someone the other day who just spilled all this stuff. And I was like, wow. And I was like, I felt like God told me, any, even if just in conversations, if I'm having a lunch date, if I'm doing whatever, I need to be listening for Holy Spirit because he is going to give me information. I will be able to go in already with ammunition, already with words, already with whatever he wants to be able to bring life or freedom in whatever measure to the person I'm at in front of me. So that's just been a big thing. Like, okay, okay, because I haven't been doing that. Like, I have been discounting the power of of that. And so I would say, like, that's one of the things is taking action. Like, not just sitting and being like, oh, okay, that's a nice thought. No, like, actually doing it. Like, actually doing it, whatever it is. Small, big, whatever the steps are, actually doing it. And the other thing, the part about what are you going to be doing is just continuing to return. I feel like because because of years and years of hiding or that shame stuff, like it's even still almost like a reaction. It's like I almost like, like there have been many times where it's like, oh, I'm going and hiding. I'm like, wait, what? what? I don't want to do that anymore. But it's, but it's not. So I feel like that's another thing too, is just being intentional and being like, no, like remembering. Like when I, when I don't numb, when I don't do those addiction, whatever it is, like that, that's where the freedom comes. That's where I get revelation. That's where I feel wrapped. And so it's learning to turn quickly, to return to his presence quickly and welcoming, welcoming the dis, the discipline, the correction and, and seeing it as the love that it is, because that has not been what I've looked at as, believed it as, taken it as. I've rejected it. So that's what I would say is taking action and being in his presence, returning. If y'all didn't know that about Lisa, that she spills out the glory in conversations, you should probably go and have a conversation with her. Yeah. Get in her space. No, I was just... I was just reminded when Lisa was talking about, you know, people just come up and talk to her. I have the same thing happen to me all the time. I used to, and I can, I'm not saying I quit complaining, but I used to complain to Angie all the time. It was just like, just met this person and they like threw up on me. What do I do with that? Well, guess what? That's a gift, you know? And if you don't steward it right, you'll lose that. And then people won't come to you. Because most of the time I didn't have to do anything. I just sat there and listened to them and then they, they talked to their crap to me and then talk. They had their answer as they continued to talk. And all I was, was just an ear for them, you know, you know, and sometimes I had something good to say, but it was learning to, you know, be still and let them talk. And then if God has something to say, and if you're not in tune with God, you won't hear him say this. Then you'll just start making crap up just to make it sound good, you know. So, you know, that's a gift. That's pretty cool. I just told Angie I needed to get one of the priest outfits with the collar and everything so I could rip it off and be like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> I am now. Um, I, I have an additional question, and I'm going to put you guys on the spot because this is, and Vince and I were talking about this before 
church started is I, I feel like God is, is asking that we understand what his house looks like. And, and he's saying to me like, no compromise. And, and Robin was alluding to that in, in worship that we would have nothing standing in our way between him and, um, and, and, and us. And, but I feel like what he's, he's showing me is like his house looks like something in that affects his kingdom. And, and it's the king's that bring that kind of transformation. And so I'm just curious, and I know that I'm totally putting you guys on the spot, but what does that mean for you personally? When you hear, when you hear God saying like, no more compromise. And in the picture that I get, and I don't know if you've heard me over the last few weeks, but I'm talking about a Josiah generation that is being raised up right now. And, and Josiah was king at the age of eight. And by the age of 16, he's overturning the kingdom for God. Every king on either side of him did what was evil in the sight of God, but not Josiah. Josiah found truth and he stood for it and, and altered the way that people did things within his kingdom. And, and so that's what I see happening is God bringing this swift transformation into his house that will affect his kingdom the way that it goes out. The reason we're, we're still seeing problems to the degree that we are right now is because we're still partnered with a political and religious spirit within God's house. And, and so we have to change that first and, and become the, the part of the Josiah generation that's going to stand and say, no more, like absolutely no compromise. So I don't know. There's probably not much of a question in that, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> um, what does the house look like? I mean, whatever. Okay. No compromise. Yes. I think that really looks like no excuses and no excuses and lots of excuses don't even look like excuses to us. We're so blinded by, like, we're so deceived. Like, there's so many things that come out of my mouth on a regular basis that are just actually an excuse to not do the thing that God's telling me to do. Or, and so I think that is the biggest thing is, is really, and I don't even actually know how to get there. I just feel like I know it's necessary, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is just, yeah. Like the crucifying of her, literally like not doing things that I want to do and doing things that I don't want to do. Like it seems it's not about behavior modification. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what is God wanting from me? What is God asking of me? And then doing it. And, and also I feel like there's this total like laziness, like this just, we're like comatose. Like we're just, I don't know. And so I feel like that's harsh, but yeah, like we just, I don't know. We need to get some something going on. So I feel like that's what it looks like. No compromise looks like just fully surrendering and making up and no excuses and then asking God, okay, what are the areas of compromise? I, I think we can, we don't even know, like we're so deceived um, by things like, so yeah, I think that's it is surrender and asking God to show us where we've been deceived or where are we compromising and then be willing to actually do it. Like keeping our eyes. It's about giving God glory. It's about, displaying Jesus across the earth. And we can't do that if we're busy making up excuses and not willing to to actually 
lay down her life. Okay. I have a lot going through my brain right now. I'll start with this. When did we decide that God on the throne, Jesus on the throne, wasn't enough? We and Angie, they're Angie to the political spirit, and there's another one that he despises. What was that? Religious spirit. We have come to the point in our society where we can be friends if we voted the right way. Or you can come to my church if you voted the right way. Why? When King Jesus is on the throne, he's in charge. He is in charge. Not a man that we vote for and put in power at all. But yet we somehow decide our friendships and our relationships on that. And God despises that. Our worries in the church should be, is my shadow going to heal that person today? All right. When somebody walks in this room that I disagree with, are they going to find somebody that loves them unconditionally? Or am I going to grill them first and give them questions and see if they can be my friend because they voted properly? Okay. I see. I, I love. I found. I discovered Twitter like what four months ago, something like that. And I don't tweet, or that was called tweeting. I'm not a tweeter, I'm just a reader. <laughs> that should be a song. <laughs> I like some of the stuff Vince puts up because it's funny. But uh, I don't even like, like a whole lot of stuff. I just read it, and it's basically for sports. But somehow they keep squeezing this political junk in, and I catch myself reading it. And it doesn't matter who it's to. It's just like, man, the hate is real. It is real. I mean, there's people that have never met each other in their lives. And I guarantee you, if they could have a duel outside, they'd do it right now and kill each other over voting. And it's it's gross. You know, it is disgusting. If you can't if you can't live your life with God on the throne being the authority, there's a problem. Okay? We can't live our lives uh Biden or no Biden, Trump or no Trump, or whoever wants to be governor or whoever wants to be council. It, it honestly, guys, and this all might offend, it doesn't matter. Because God knows exactly what's going to happen already. Okay, we're not going to, we're not going to change what he has planned. It's his plan. It's his plan. God's plan. Not ours. Okay, so vote for God and you'll be all right. Okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> We're voting for Jesus. <laughs> Here's the deal: is it's like it 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 does it matters. It matters who who is in office. But our job is actually to to pray for them. And and one of the scriptures I lean heavy into is that God says that the the hearts of kings are in His hand, and He moves them like He can move a river. And and so let's let's just put all the power back on God to have governance over man. We're getting into a whole different conversation here. <laughs> I just, I'll just clarify. My whole point is, is right now we have a president office who needs our prayers. Yes. The guy before him needed our prayers. Agreed. But we're declining our prayers to somebody because we don't agree. Yeah. And we're taking it to an umpteenth level. 
I mean, the guy that's in office now, Jesus happens to love him. And Jesus knew he was going to be in power one day. And the church has failed by not getting on our knees for him on a daily basis and praying for him. The same with when Donald Trump, when Biden, or Obama, and all the other guys, I can't remember. All right? Our job as, as Christians, as the people that believe in God, is to actually go to God for them on their behalf and bring them in instead of fighting with each other and deciding I don't love you because he's in office. I don't even know how to land um, I just would, this has nothing to do with any of that, <laughs> but, but what I, what I was going to say, just because what you said about praying it, and that sort of thing, yes, we need to pray for our president, but also our prayers are powerless. Our prayers are weak. Our prayers, we don't actually even believe what we're saying. So I, I mean, maybe that's not everyone. Maybe I'm just speaking on behalf of me and what I see out there. Um, but so, yeah, I think that's part of the no compromise is, is really like, we're really powerful, but we are not stepping into that. We have allowed our power to be stripped from us and we have to, yeah. So stop doing that. And don't be afraid of that change. We, we meet at my house, um, and with Tiffany and Vince and some other people to pray for my dad every Tuesday. And you know what my biggest fear is? This sounds gross. Him getting healed. It scares the crap out of me. Why? Because I'm so settled into where we've been. Come on. That, that I found comfort in that place. Oh, Jesus. You know, and I have, and, I, and I've changed my mindset. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm sick to death of him being in that bed. I want him healed. But that's what I was going through for so long. It's like, oh my gosh, what happens when he, when he is healed? My mom's been taking care of him for 31 years. Is that right? Bedridden for 26. And my selfish attitude of, oh, I'm scared to change, is holding, could be holding him back from being healed. That's gross. And it really is. It's gross. It's gross on my part. You know, I, I want to change. I, my, that man deserves my 100% agreement in his healing. And he's got it now. But when we started, he didn't have it because it scared the crap out of me. Because we don't like change. We, we might go around and brag about how much we like change. We don't like big change. Little things, okay. As long as it doesn't affect me personally. But when it comes to those big, and this is a big deal. This is a big deal, this man getting healed. Because his uh, uh, sickness is known. They, he is known all the way to D.C. because that's where he first got diagnosed. They know this man is sick and he's supposed to be dead now and he's still not dead. All right, so he's known. So when he gets healed, it's going to jack up everything. Come on. And I want to be there for it. Okay? You know, how many times, Robin, have we heard that then the doctors say he'll be dead in a week or a month or a year? Won't make it out of the hospital. He won't make it out of the hospital this time. Every time. You know, they, I, they, they, they thought they were being nice by preparing my mom. He's not going to make it this time. Really? Have you met the man? You cannot kill him. Okay? He's like Superman, but in the bed right now. So just wait. His superpowers are going to reveal themselves one day. And it's going to be awesome. And I want to be here for it. And I don't want to be on the sidelines 
and ashamed because I didn't believe and I wasn't there for it. Yeah. Okay. I think that that part of no compromise is looking at it this way. You know, like those little little toddler toys that have the shapes and the it, carved out of them, and you can fit the little things in it. And it has to be the specific shape that fits into it. I, I often see this the same way with Jesus. If it cannot fit into Jesus, we have to get rid of it. It has to be gone. It, it, we can't compromise there. We can't like wedge it in there somehow. So sickness doesn't fit in the lamb, right? Um, addiction doesn't fit in the lamb. Arguments do not fit in the, you know what I'm saying? So we have to look at compromise that way. Does it fit in the lamb of God? Because if it doesn't, it's compromise. It's less than. And, and he wouldn't be coming close to us in this all-consuming way if he didn't have grandiose plans for us. And I want us all there. I want us all to be part of it, including you three. Like, seriously, no more compromise, right? No more compromise. You guys will be boys who will serve the Lord. Just declare that over them. Seriously, you will. You will serve him with zeal. You will. Mark my words. Well, this... Yeah, the other word that you were talking about this morning was tolerate. Yeah. And so what you choose to tolerate will allow compromise to be brought in. And that's something we, we can't, we just can't yeah, have uh, happen. It, it, when we have been talking about discipline so much, and on the backside of that is, what is the discipline and the correction that God is bringing to you? What spiritual discipline is that driving you towards, right, to deepen in your relationship with him to stay on the path of godliness. And that's one of the things you have to be looking at as action on the backside of this conversation. This is spiritual discipline that he is calling you into specifically. Because it's, it's not going to look the same. We know that freedom doesn't look the same for everybody. And so what you're tolerating right now, and, and especially with you, your younger folks, what you're tolerating right now could usher in compromise. But what you choose not to tolerate shows zeal for his house. It shows zeal for his kingdom. Yeah. yeah. And I think that there's there's going to be things that are going to be shocking to us that, that we have tolerated in the areas that we have compromised because it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But it, it is. And, and I I'm sitting here going like, Jesus, do you want me to go here? I'm going to go here. And it's for a very specific reason because I want us to understand how deep, how deeply these things are rooted in us. There is a word that has been spoken over your father that, that at your parents, that they would minister as wounded warriors. God has brought this up in my mind and he's like, no, that doesn't fit in me, Angie. I, I am the Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world, and I am the Lamb of God who paid a high price for healing. I don't declare over my people that they are wounded. And so this, I believe, was probably served as a warning, as something to fight against. But this is this is one of these areas where God is like going, uh-uh, like this has to be. You've got to untether yourself from this idea that I would condemn someone to woundedness when I paid a high price for healing. 
And so I want us to like be thinking in these, and again, all due respect, I am not attempting to dishonor anyone, but it's, it's things like this that I believe that God's going to call us to put back on the table to examine closely, to be asking ourselves, what have I been believing? What have I been believing is true of him? Because when we put it in that context, we're kind of like, oh crap, right? <laughs> like it, 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 it does though. I mean, it's, it, for me, it was like one of those little toddler toys going like, doesn't fit, right? Like this doesn't fit. And so we have to, we have to look at these things that we've made long-term agreements with and, and realize like we've got some work to do. We've got some things to cut off. And I don't think that it's going to be a treacherous work. I think it's realigning and better understanding who he is. What has he done on our behalf? And, and quite honestly, lies like this will compromise an entire generation. It will. Sever this one lie, free the entire generation. Right? Is that helpful? Okay. You're looking at me like, what now? <laughs> oh, good idea. Okay. Mm. Ah, oh, Jesus, so thankful for you. So thankful for who you are. And you're just so enormous. You're just everything. So I thank you for just who you are. And also right now, I just, I just pray that courage would rise up in us, that courage would rise up within us, that we would have the courage, a courage that we would be courageous, that we would look towards God, that we would be willing to come before him with whatever it is, with our compromise, with our fears, with everything, with our offense, that, that we will be courageous enough to come before you, God, and let you do what you want to do in us so that we can turn around and have a domino effect that would reach the nations. So right now, God, I, I just thank you for what you're doing. I declare that this house is not a house of compromise. This house is a house of dedication to you, Lord. So right now we just declare that over this house and we declare that we will be living, that we are living epistles, that we are living epistles and that the words that come out of our mouth will go forth and bring life and life abundantly because that is what you do. So right now, God, I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for who you are. And we come into full agreement with the plan that you have over our lives individually, over this, over the lives, at, over this place, this church, and over your plans for the world. We come into agreement and we say, hail you, King Jesus. You reign and we thank you. We thank you for your reigning. And we, we come and we say, Hail King Jesus, we praise you and we give you all the honor and glory in your mighty name. Amen.